Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. This, of course, your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Nate, tell us how those Rockies are doing. The Colorado Rockies went 5-2 and two since we last were on the air. They went 2-0 and oh versus the Astros, 2-1 and one against the Dodgers. And they're playing the rubber match today in Arizona after splitting the first two games of that series. That's fantastic. If you want some baseball in your life, Ross or anybody out there listening, go to Coors Field this weekend where your Rockies are playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against the Los Angeles Angels. And to keep that American League streak rolling, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the Oakland A's are in town. 49-year-old Jamie Moyer was released at the end of May. And the Rockies are in talks to bring back Jeff Francis. What? Come on. That is your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Ross Martin, let's start this show. Welcome to the podcast, episode number 44. I'm Ross Martin. And as always, from DenverStiffs.com, Nate Timmons is here. People of the interwebs, how are you doing on this tornado warning, tornado watch evening? Oh, it's stormy out there. Today, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to take a look in at the NBA playoffs and get a little, uh, little uh, expert opinion from our resident NBA expert, Nate Timmons, of course. And we're also going to... Uh, parlay that into talking about the NBA draft. Who do the Nugs have their eyes on in this uh, upcoming draft? And we're going to talk about the Rockies. Are they good again? Are they good? Is this fool's gold, as Irv or Joe would say? I don't even know. Fool's gold. Fool's gold. Come on up to the Gilpin. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk, of course, about the Broncos. Uh, Derek Wolf is uh, making some proclamations on his Twitter account about uh, championships and whatnot, which is fantastic. And we're going to touch briefly on fantasy football. Is this is this when you guys start scouting out and planning your draft? We're going to talk about that. And, of course, today, two weeks in a row, top five list, top five stadium food, top five foods that we like to enjoy. When we're at the game, at the ball game, football game, basketball game, I don't know, hockey, maybe not. But uh, before... Too cold to eat at a hockey game, Ross. <laughs> yes, it is. And so we're going to cover all that stuff. But before we get into that, let's make sure we remind all of you to go ahead and friend us on Facebook. Like us there. Go to, go to Facebook and uh, just type in Colorado Sports Guys. Hit the like button. We'd uh, love for you to do that. Email us, please, show at coloradosportsguys.com. Follow us on Twitter at C-O-L-O Sports Guys. That's C-O-L-O Sports Guys. And if you'd like to uh, call us and or leave a voice message and or give us a text, our number here in the studio is 720-722-1274. What's that number again, Ross? 720-722-1274. Did get a text message uh, this week uh, from Jeremy. Our, uh, one of our most uh, loyal loyal expat listeners over there in, uh, I believe, Turkey or something like that. Uh, we are also available on Stitcher Radio. That's stitcher.com slash COLO Sports Guys. Go ahead and uh, download this app. It's a great app uh, if you like to listen to podcasts in general because they have everything available there. And uh, if you do go there and sign up, enter in the promo code COLO Sports Guys, and you could be entered in to win $100. 
And we're on available on iTunes, as most of you are probably hearing us now. And if you'd like links to any or all of this stuff, go to coloradosportsguys.com. That's our homepage, and that's where you can find all the stuff. You can listen to our show there as well. It's always fun to have those outlets, too, to get some interaction. We've had uh, some great conversations via Twitter and email with some listeners, so always a fun way to get a hold of us through those outlets. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, spend a little time here, Tim, and catch up here. I know um, that uh, I haven't seen you in about a week. About a week, probably, yeah. Don't uh-huh. really, you know, again, we don't really talk much. Every once in a while. During the week. So... Uh, <laughs> Let's catch up. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? I'm doing quite well. I've, I'm back in the groove of a little Netflix. I'm trying to get the Colorado Sports Girlfriend to watch one of my favorite comedies, Arrested Development. Did you ever watch that show? I love that show. Yeah, phenomenal show. Trying to get her into that a little bit and also re-watching that a bit myself. And then I'm also making plans to venture back out to Las Vegas july 13th through about july 16th for some nba summer league and i'm quite excited about that you're gonna go to vegas to watch the nba summer league yes i'm gonna is that the development league or something that's the summer league it's kind of the nba's version of like a rookie training camp but like for the nuggets kenneth Fareed, jordan hamilton julian stone all rookies last year they're all planning on playing this season i don't know if this is something that wilson chandler might even show up at to do a little bit of rehab not quite sure what the rules are on some of the veterans playing. I think they can go play. Not totally sure, but I have to look into that. I'm but sure then, they can. But then even the Nuggets uh, rookies, you know, they own the 20th pick and they have two other second round picks. So there could be one to three Nuggets also there, as well as whoever they invite to come on. Uh, free agents that, you know, from years past or other rookies. To Will Lafonso Ellis be there? Alfonso Ellis probably going to play for the Nuggets in that one. I'm, I'm expecting he's going to try to make a comeback. I think so. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Fantastic. But there's also there's great access to, you know, coaches. The Nuggets will be coached by assistant Chad Iskey. Uh, there's going to be you know general managers, some owners float around, players. So there's usually a good chance for some uh, interaction, opportunity for interviews and whatnot. So we'll see what comes out of that. Very cool. You're so, becoming like a Vegas regular. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm hoping for, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're just uh, a Vegas guy now. <laughs> I'm a Mr. Vegas. I'm going to been... a show out there. You can come see me. <laughs> you haven't been getting all those tattoos for nothing. Now it's time to go show them off there. <laughs> Vegas? <Yeah. laughs> okay, sure. Like Thunder Down Under? Or what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. You're the Vegas guy. Yeah, it's a good place, but it should be it should be a fun opportunity. And along with my Netflix scene, that's about all that's going on with me. The real question, Ross, what's going on with you, my friend? Nothing, but I do want to take this opportunity to use this platform. <laughs> yes. As somewhat of a public service announcement. It's always a good place for that. I feel like there's uh, some people that maybe they're expressing their love for certain brands in a way that maybe they shouldn't because – if you're not being sponsored or paid by a particular company to represent a brand, then maybe, lightly, Ross. maybe you shouldn't. What about us? We always are pimping pocket casts. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, good point. I uh, bought my wife a, uh, a tablet computer, an Android-powered tablet computer the other day. Okay. And I was looking through it, and she uh, – actually, when I say the other day, I mean about 
two months ago. <laughs> she hasn't added any apps or configured anything. She doesn't even know how to work it. She just uses it basically as she would a computer just using the browser, and she doesn't have the apps. And So I was kind of just poking around in there the other day, and I found there all the apps that came pre-installed on this tablet and Pocket Casts. Pre-installed. Pre-installed. Oh. So Pocket Casts, the, the app that we've been talking about now for almost a year that you used to have to pay for. I think I paid 4 bucks for it, and it's been worth every penny. Now it just comes preloaded on Android tablets, I guess. And that's cool because I'm sure that they're getting some uh, compensation for that. So good for them. Yeah, and it's a great way to listen to podcasts, my favorite way to enjoy them. It's absolutely Oh, best. man, I got to tell you something cool I did do is I, uh, I had to get a new radio in my car because it, it ate a CD and mm-hmm. it wouldn't go out. So I call, I call uh, Ford, and I'm like, hey, how much is it to replace a radio? 300 bucks. I'm like, oh, God. So I'm like, wonder what car toys can do because, like you, I wanted to install a plug-in so I could listen to podcasts through my yeah, car speakers. Yeah, the auxiliary input. Yeah. So I haven't been to car toys since like 2003, and they now have uh, – I got a CD player that has Bluetooth built in. Oh, nice. So it communicates to my phone via Bluetooth, no plugins. It Very is cool. amazing. That is cool. So I listen to a podcast. I get into my car, turn it on, uh, have it on my phone, you know. Turn on my car, fire it up, drive, and it comes right on my speakers. Beautiful. It's wonderful. Congratulations. So, yeah. So you got a new car. I did, yeah. As I mentioned last week, I'd, I'd sold the Honda in less than a day and now driving a Ford Explorer. Loving it. Very cool. Yeah. That's good. Ford man. Yeah. Ford tough. So back to what I was saying. Yes. <laughs> when I'm talking about people representing brands in a manner in which maybe they shouldn't. Like forward pocket casts. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. Like we represented it there. We've talked a lot about pocket casts. Yeah. Right? Because we're a fan of the app, and they were a small company that was producing this great product that only cost $4. And there's a difference, though, between loving this app and talking about it on our podcast and, there's, and, and putting a bumper sticker on your car that says pocket casts. And yeah, so I want everybody true. who's listening, whether you're young or old, before you go get in your car the next time, just take a walk around the outside of your car and take a look. And if you have a sticker on your car, the bigger it is, the worse it is. I'm going to just kind of identify a few red flags that will indicate that you may or may not be a douchebag. <laughs> okay. These are some things. I wonder how many of these I have. If you have a giant <laughs> Nike swoosh bumper sticker on your car, whether oh, it's terrifying. in the window or in the corner or anywhere on your car, you might want to take that off because you may or may not be a douchebag. There's some other ones. Uh, mossy Oak. Okay. What's Let's, Mossy Oak? Mossy Oak is a brand of, uh, I think it's like hunting gear. Like uh, you would wear Mossy Oak camouflage Oh, yeah. What's coats. wrong with that? I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with it, but putting that sticker on the back of your Silverado. Is it like a big sticker? Well, just any sticker. Like if you're putting a sticker up of uh, Nike, like a Nike swoosh or a Mossy Oak emblem or an Oakley sticker, that O on – maybe you put it on your windshield. What about <laughs> what about Calvin peeing on a Dodge? <laughs> again, sticker? again, yeah. Why, That's why you're scary. driving around a Chevy and you're invested so much in this Chevy product or Dodge or Ford that you have to buy a sticker of Calvin peeing on a Chevy emblem or a Ford, whatever it is. You need to find more things in your life. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just not that putting the sticker 
makes you a douchebag, but just because you're a douchebag to begin with. Is this fair? So you're campaigning against stickers on the I'm cars. campaigning <laughs> against people who are uh, so in love with these brands that they're not getting a dime for. And in fact, I would wager most of these people paid for these stickers. So you're going to go out and pay $4 to put a sticker on your vehicle to go advertise a brand that's not paying you anything? The Oakley one's always a little odd, isn't it? Like, I love sunglasses. You love Oakley? It's like, oh, Oakleys are the best. They're so cool. And if I have them, then... Being brand loyal is always kind of a funny thing, isn't it? You shouldn't. Exactly. You shouldn't be loyal to any brands. Make them be loyal to you. Yeah. And, and I'm just saying, if you have done this, and I'm not trying to alienate any listeners, even though I'm guessing... By the way, I'm guessing we have a few listeners who are like this with regards to Apple computers. You know, people love to put that Apple on everything. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, it's so cool. Like, I'm an Apple person. I hate PC or, you know, nobody ever has a Microsoft Windows sticker on their car or their Jeep Wrangler. It's always funny, too, when you see an old, uh, like, political sticker. Like, I, I think maybe last year or something, I saw a John Kerry sticker still. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Or you see, like, a Bush one. Whatever your, your political affiliation, just after the election's over, it's time to get the razor blade out and peel it off. Exactly. You're absolutely right. That is totally 100% true. <laughs> let's just scrape those off and uh, and let's move on. And a lot of times, too, if you're putting somewhat of a controversial sticker on your car, you're just asking for somebody to vandalize your vehicle in some way. Key it. I mean, you're just asking for trouble. So it's best to, you know, no matter what your stance is on certain things, maybe just don't put anything on there. Yeah. If you don't want your car to get a rock through it or keyed or whatever. Yeah. Well, maybe let's not worry about putting up the Air Jordan logo on the back of our in back of our car. Yeah, maybe you can't see too well. In the back of our well, 1997 and... Ford Escort. <laughs> Let's not worry poor, about that. Poor cars. All right, that's man. Awesome. So that's, that's, got that's your... my public service announcement. I like it. And, uh, the more you, need... you know. Now I need to ask you, do you need to borrow a razor blade for when you go out to your car? Did I actually have did you already? Did you already just, you got your new car, did you just plaster straight, it? Just with, went straight to the sticker plaster shop. it with Ed Hardy stickers? The only thing I used to have on my Honda was my buddy has his own... Uh, kind of thing that he created it's this outline of a squirrel that was kind of cool and i had that it, it was i had dark tinted windows and i had a black one on my car so you could barely see it unless you're inside the car usually so i kind of want to get another one of those but well that's okay if it's your know. friend's deal and uh you're helping to support him that's cool put on like a side window near the back it's yeah nice. but i get the feeling that the people that have the oakley sticker are not best friends buddies, with bill oakley. are not best buddies <laughs> with the ceo of oakley william yeah. oakley I yeah think is his yeah well yeah william oakley the third yes yeah that's right. all I'm saying. I just, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm trying hear to help you. people out. Yeah, the more you know by Ross Martin. This will be a weekly saying, addition quit, to quit the show. The more you know. Public service announcement. It's a public service announcement. Announcement. Just stop saying the more you. All know. Right. The segment by Ross. The public service <laughs> announcement. That'll be a weekly thing. Oh <laughs> goodness gracious! Be right back. For those people that are still paying attention to the NBA playoffs, even, oh, though, that's me. even though our beloved Nuggets have uh, gone away uh, over, I guess, a month ago, 
God, it's been that long. It has. It seems like it. I mean, yeah. Again, we're into June, and the finals haven't even started. I've always had this complaint about the NBA and but the there NHL. has been a game on basically every night. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing is they put they stagger them so much yeah, that then I can it's watch like both. it takes forever to get through these playoffs. Oh, I love it. They're still going on. <laughs> um, uh, so we're at the point now where we've got uh, tonight a game is going on. Who's playing tonight? Oh, it's San Antonio and Oklahoma City. It's game six. The Thunder with a chance to close out the Spurs, but the Spurs are up 74-67. Four yeah. minutes left in the third And the quarter. Spurs have interrupted this winning streak. Or, excuse me, the Thunders, the Oklahoma loud noises have interrupted the winning streak of the Spurs. And it's everybody's, it's so crazy because, like, the road teams are winning. or the, Right? Is that what's going on? Uh, well, it was, you know, both the Heat and the Spurs were up two to nothing. In their series, and now the Celtics and the Thunder have each won three games in a row. So now each of those teams is up three to two in their respective series. Right, because the uh, lower seed has been able to come back, tie the series, and then win one on the road. Yes, right. In and both every, cases, and everybody's just astonished at the symmetry between the two. And it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't seem that crazy. Well, it's yeah, and it's kind of the you know, funny thing about it is the Celtics are the older veteran team, and the Thunder are the, the you know the younger youthful team. So they've both done it, and it's like, well, the younger team was able to come back, and it's like, well, what about the Celtics because they're an older team? They were able to come back. So you see the experts say like, well, the Thunder did it because they have the fresh legs, and the Spurs are getting tired, and then they're like, well, the Celtics did it because you know they're experienced and they just know how to win, and it's like, well, it can't be both, you idiots. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to you're making the case that it's both. Yeah, don't you hate this like this the commentary? <laughs> yeah. You can always predict it. There's only like one of three different things they could say about any situation. <laughs> yeah, and it's never about how well they played or any strategy involved in the game. It's always just about. The same stuff they talked about before the playoffs even started. It's like, well, you could look for the Celtics to go far because they have a lot of experience. Yeah, anytime the Celtics win, it's it's the experience. It's the veterans. And I probably even said that myself. And, you know, I guess with the, the funny thing with the Thunder, too, is I guess in that Nuggets-Lakers series, the whole talk was the Lakers are too big for the Nuggets and blah, blah, blah. And now in this series, the first thing you heard the first two games was that you know, the the Spurs were playing small ball and then the Thunder needed to match them, that their center wasn't getting it done and they needed to play small. And it's like, well, how come they're saying that, you know, the Lakers were so big and they were doing everything with a, with these their center and their power forward and now the Thunder need to match up and play small ball in another series? It's like, again, they're making the, like, flip-flopping on stuff. And it's just, it's funny to listen to the experts talk. Man. So you're tired of it. Is that boring? Uh, I don't really like to talk, even like the pregame shows and stuff. I don't really watch that much unless it's, you know, unless I can catch a little Charles Barkley. I like to hear him at halftime, what he thinks or after the game. That's about it. What I find is interesting is that when I go about my day, uh, whether it's coworkers or friends and, and the topic of the, the playoffs comes up, you basically just hear 99% of the time them just reiterating the same things that the pundits have said. You yeah. Know? It's just it's like following politics or something. Yeah, it's like it's all the same stuff regurgitated over and over and over again. And I'm wondering, is that exclusive to the NBA or I mean, it seems like the NFL has more intriguing topics of conversation. Am I wrong on that or is it just because I like the NFL more than the NBA? I think it's. I think it's the general, I guess, if they're trying to loop in the casual fan, like if you're listening to pregame shows or national pundits. But yeah, it does seem like you kind of get 
somewhat of the same talk, but when you get more into like the blogs and if you get into you know reading about people that have been following those teams a lot, get into the comment sections, you'll hear some different stuff about well this you know about more about individual storylines and who's doing what and really what's going on. Like you know, even people are saying about the Spurs that they're this you know older team and blah blah blah, and it's like well no, the whole talk if you really follow the Spurs is that they've infused them with all this youth around them and that their role players have been playing so well that they haven't had to lean on Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker because there's been six or seven guys that are playing well for them. And now that, you know, they're kind of stumbling a little bit, it's because those role players are kind of, they're not coming through right now because they're in such a big moment. I mean, the Spurs stars are still doing what they do. They're still doing pretty well, but they're having to try to do more because the role players are faltering. So that's really the storyline with what's going on with San Antonio. It's not that the stars are just getting tired and old. It's that the whole reason that they're good is because they have such a balanced attack, and now they're not so balanced anymore. See, that is more interesting to me, hearing you talk about that than what you hear about on the TNT pregame show or halftime show. So, I mean, the answer to that is, TNT is a national network that is going to try and make everything they're trying to dumb it down for the natural for the general audience, the people that maybe don't know a lot about basketball or maybe don't follow the team as much as they do when it comes to playoffs and close to the finals. Yeah. And the bottom line is you get more commentary, more ins- insight with bloggers, niche guys, guys like you that focus in on a sport and uh, so I think I mean that's that's where it gets interesting and that's where it'd be fun. It'd be fun if and I think it would be better for the NBA and they would probably be able to grow the audience more if the guys at TNT and all the national networks did that a little bit more instead of just spewing out the same old cliches of Ugh, Yeah, and it's funny got too, an age team. I don't know if you know this, but the average age on this team is thirty one and three months and the other one is twenty seven and yeah. six months. And it's like, okay, get it's out like, of well, here. Yeah, their old guys are sitting on the bench not even playing, you know? It's yeah, like, it's stupid. And then, you know, they, there's a lot of talk too about well Tony Parker, you know, the Spurs go as he goes and he needs more assists and he's got to score more and it's like you can't really say he needs more assists. He's passing the ball to guys they're just not making shots. You know, right. I mean assists is it's not like he can give the ball to a guy and be like, okay, now you make it, and the guy's going to make it. It's just, like we said, the role players aren't coming through. So he's still passing to Daniel Green and Gary Neal, but those guys are just missing shots now, so it's costing them games. Plus the Thunder, I mean, like I had kind of pointed to when the series started that the big guys for the Thunder might come through and win this series for them, and that's kind of what you know Kendrick Perkins, uh, Sergi Baca, and Nick Collison did in game four where they were a combined like 22 of 25 shooting. So it was like, man, you're never going to see a game like that. And the Nuggets got that from JaVale McGee and Kenneth Freed in one game against the Lakers. Right. So it's like no one's really talking either about the Thunder having, you know, kind of different guys step up each night and fill a big role because you're always going to get good games out of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. You know what you're going to get from them and James Harden. But surrounding them is where they're going to win their championship if those guys step up and play well. And they've done that a couple times, and that's why, you know, right now they're – basically tied with San Antonio two minutes left in the third quarter and may win that series tonight. Very good. So uh, what do you think? Uh, it looks like the Thunder may pull it off. Who knows? Um, who you, Are you rooting for anybody now? Do you shift your, like, who you're 
rooting for emotionally as the playoffs go on, or do you look at it just kind of objectively? Yeah, this is kind of more now. I've, I said this the other day. I'm watching it more now like I'd watch a UFC fight. I don't have big vesting rooting interest in the UFC because I don't know why. I just like to watch a good fight, and I want to see a good fight. So now I just want to see good basketball, and I want to see, I guess, just whatever the best team is. I don't really care. I just want to see good games. And it's kind of funny. I was talking to my buddy Rich the other day, and he was saying, you know, oh, man, these Thunder are for real. Like, they're so good and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't stand them. I want the Spurs to win. And he's like, why do you want the Spurs to win? Like, they've beaten the Nuggets in the playoffs so many times, and we hate the Spurs. Every time we play them, we are disgusted by them. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, Duncan's older now, and maybe we should be rooting for him. And he's like, dude, no, it's the same guys. Like, you're crazy. You should be rooting against the Spurs. I'm like, what about the Thunder? You know, they beat us last year. Like, should I not root for either one of them because they're both foes of the Nuggets? Should I be rooting for, you know, the Celtics with their oh. disgusting Boston fans? Or should I root for Miami with all their bandwagon no, fans? you shouldn't. That's the problem. There's nobody root for. <laughs> no, it's I like, hate them they all. all lose? I mean, I, I come from this school of thought of I hate, I cannot root. For the guys in the division, the same in the you know no. in the West, Chiefs, I, I Chargers, can't do Raiders. it. Yeah, or Lakers or anything. I can't root for them because I can't just stop hating them when it comes time to the playoffs. Yeah, I just can't do it, and I don't want to see them succeed. I don't. Are you one of the guys that's against LeBron James winning a title? I'm against LeBron James winning a title because I believe his whole career has been hype. I believe he's been hyped since before his career even started. And oh, yeah, it's, since like I middle school. They put him on this pedestal that is unearned, and he is more concerned with fame. And his legacy is. at this point. It's like how is yeah. a guy that's in like his sixth or seventh year concerned about legacy? It's like you should be concerned about this year. Well, he should be. I, I don't know. I mean, I think he should be concerned about his legacy, but he should have been concerned about his legacy the whole time. And he should be care about who he is as a person. And who he is as a person is a guy who, and it's probably not even his fault. It's probably everybody else's fault because we were talking about LeBron James when he was 14 years old, right? As the next Michael Jordan, and that is that they can only. I mean, he has no way to live up to that, which is true, and that's not fair to him. But at this point, he I haven't seen him do what you know do anything to prove that he just is riding this fame. He's riding this ability to be. The number one favorite guy, and I, I remember I was working at this uh, startup company a couple of years ago, and I was hiring a lot of college interns. And uh, this uh, kid I hired uh, was talking about uh, – he had LeBron James on on his background, and this kid grew up in Denver. Oh. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, why, why would he be a fan of LeBron James? So I asked him. I said, what, is your dad from Cleveland or something? <laughs> right. He's like, no, he's just the best. He's the best. He's the best player. He's the best. I love him. He's great. How could you not like him? And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's what I thought about Michael Jordan when I was his age. or Well, much younger, actually. But I, but I'm, I realized he grew up with LeBron James as this new NBA icon. Yeah. But the difference between LeBron James and Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan earned every single accolade he ever got. And LeBron James hasn't had to do that. All they did was replace that from a NBA corporate level and say, well, this is the new face. Here it is. Whether or not he earned it or not. But Jordan did. I feel like he did. And maybe I'm not seeing it, but I don't feel like LeBron James has exemplified what a true champion is. Whether or not he wins a championship or not, at this point, it's been already soiled to the point where I don't respect him like I would 
Jordan. Yeah, and he's in such a lose-lose, too, because he did join up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. You know, I guess you could make the argument that, you know, Michael Jordan did play with Scottie Pippen, and he was a great player in his own right, you know. Or even historically in the NBA, Scottie Pippen's a great player. So should we really fault LeBron for teaming up with a guy in that manner or two guys in that manner? I don't know, but it, it definitely seems that way, that he takes a lot of heat for joining the Heat. <laughs> so, you know, who do you root for then? If Do you not want LeBron to win one? Would you be upset if he won the title? I think he's going to win. Camp? I mean, no, I wouldn't be upset. I, I just don't care. And, it, and that's the bottom line is I just don't care. Yeah. I have no, I have no desire to watch any of these guys succeed. Um, not, I mean, it's not like I want him to fail. I just don't care. Like it's all, it's all made up. It's like the entire NBA is just this fabricated, uh, image that they're shoving down everybody's throat. And what makes me more mad than anything is that there's so many people out there just buying into it. Just being like, yes, that is what it is because that's that's kind of David Stern or whoever Nike or Gatorade or all that's what they're saying it is. And this game is not an accurate representation of what basketball is supposed to be. And that's the bottom line. See, and that's kind of where people that are NBA fans want are rooting for the Spurs or rooting even for the Celtics. And, you know, because the Celtics are kind of this older ragtag group and the Spurs are this, you know, they're not the guys that are in the Nike ads, the Gatorade ads. So you can kind of root for them if you're rooting for a team over the stars. You know, Oklahoma City is built with stars. You know, you see Kevin Durant and Gatorade commercials now, Nike commercials, whatever. You see, obviously, LeBron and Wade in commercials. So if you're rooting for a team, you're rooting for, I think, the Celtics or the Spurs. And if you're, you know, I guess rooting for talent or the best team, whatever, you might be rooting for the Thunder or the Heat. I don't know. It's weird because when I look at LeBron James or Dwayne Wade, I feel like they would enjoy their life the same, whether they won a championship or not. But then when I looked at Michael Jordan, and John Elway, I don't feel like they would have ever felt right if they had retired without winning a championship. Definitely. I feel like Jordan never felt right because he didn't win 10. Yeah. You, you know, and these guys, I feel like they just they are like, well, win one or not, that's cool. Let's try and win one and let's do this and that'll be great too. It, it's something they, they expect that they would do. They They would never feel like they were blessed because they won a championship. But if they didn't, they would just be like, ah, whatever. It's still cool. I'm still LeBron James. I'm still super rich and 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 famous. So I, I that's what I wanted to begin with. I, I he never wanted to be the best basketball player. He just wanted to be rich and famous. And he's achieved that when he was 17 years old. When I watched his, he had a documentary a few years ago. And when I watched that documentary about him growing up and whatever, I didn't really get too much that he was like that into basketball. Like that he loved the game so much and it meant so much to him. I got more of the fact that he played basketball kind of to surround himself with like friends and family where it was like kind of a home for him or something, you know, where it was like, yeah, where it was just a family unit more for him. So I'm like, I still don't even know. And this move to Miami that he made always made sense to me because I was like, well, he wants to go play with his two good friends because that's what he had in, you know, middle school and high school. And he didn't have that right when he went to the NBA. He had his friends as his, you know, his posse that would join him at the games and be in the stands, but now he's able to get back to that kind of family type unit that he, he should wants. have brought them to Cleveland. Yeah, he could have done that. I mean, that, that would have been sure. a completely different completely different <laughs> thing, right? I mean, yeah. And by the way, in the NBA, you don't need three superstars on a team to win. No. You know, and in fact, a lot of times that can lead to problems, but we'll see. What's going on? Now, what about the NBA draft? 
NBA draft coming up. The Nuggets with a number 20 pick. People are trying to now, you know, the mock drafts are starting to come out. You're starting to have players working out for teams. The Nuggets have brought in a, a slew of guys to work out for them. They're bringing one guy back for a second workout. So now everybody's trying to figure out who the Nuggets are going to draft. Uh, I believe I did an interview where I said I thought that perhaps the Nuggets would trade their pick because they have so many young players and so many players on the team. It's like, what are they going to do with more rookies that George Carl doesn't like to play anyway? <laughs> right. You know, like what? What are they going to do with these guys? But, I mean, it's always a good idea to keep stockpiling assets. And two guys that the Nuggets are looking at, perhaps, for that first-round pick, ESPN reported today on their mock draft that the Nuggets uh, would take Marquis Teague, or Marcus Teague from Kentucky. He's a freshman point guard. He has an older brother in the NBA, Jeff Teague, who plays for the Atlanta Hawks. And then they also uh, there's some rumors that the Nuggets may be looking at Royce White from Iowa State. He was, uh, I believe, dismissed from his first college team and then wound up at Iowa State. He was dismissed? Yeah, maybe booted, booted off the team, I Legal believe. Legal problems? Something off the court with him, and then he also uh, has anxiety issues, and he has a fear of flying. So I think for their <laughs> NCAA tournament game, he actually drove nine and a half hours versus getting on the plane. <laughs> so, but the uh, the Iowa State yeah, that sounds like a great guy. <laughs> the Iowa State like he's really got that cutthroat attitude, you know. He's a go getter. Yeah. But I hear he's like you know. There's always good reports about him. The Iowa State head coach is Fred Hoiberg, who uh, nicknamed the Mayor, who played at Iowa State and then played in the NBA for a little while. Uh, he says nothing but good things about his former player, which isn't always the case about collegiate coaches. Sometimes they will badmouth their their guys so what about i can't believe there's not a guy from north carolina on this list i know right yeah i mean that's that's the other thing is people are trying to figure out you know is masai ujiri the nuggets general manager is he you know is he kind of smoke screening who he's really going to take because everybody thinks he's such a mysterious batman character you know but last year he did work out kenneth farid farid was you know rumored to go to the nuggets but nobody thought he'd fall all the way down to where denver got him i think at 22 so you know, nobody knows if if the draft pick will actually be somebody the Nuggets are working out, or if it's going to be some mystery man that nobody well, knows. Some people call it mystery. I may call it incompetence. Who knows? <laughs> but we're still we're still a long ways away. The draft combine hasn't even happened yet. The draft is still uh, a long ways out, so it's going to change. We're probably going to hear, you know, at least at least three or four more names pop up as who the Nuggets are going to pick. All right, good deal. Now moving along here. Uh, Denver Broncos, right? Uh, they've had these uh, OTA practices. Yeah. Organized team activities. Um, people are looking at Peyton Manning now. I, I remember reading some articles about him throwing the long ball. Throwing it long. And everybody's like, yeah. Sucking the D. Yeah. And then I read an article in the Post. Caleb Haney, one play away from being a starter. <laughs> Yikes! That is scary to think <laughs> and, about. Uh, and there's this constant thing, and uh, you know about this, this Denver Bronco team now. And the bottom line is that nothing really has changed in the past couple months. Um, I'm not saying that the team hasn't gotten uh, worse or better. I'm just saying that we're still just so excited yeah. about this season upcoming. Yep. And now Derek Wolf is this guy, a new guy on the team. Defensive tackle. Yes. From uh, Connecticut. From Connecticut. He's been sending out some tweets. He's been sending out a lot of tweets. He's a, he's a tweeter. He's uh, fully embracing social media. His followers are going up by the day. 
he's talking about uh, you know working out, being uh, hopefully being part of you know he's throwing out the word with a hashtag of championship, at least on one occasion that I saw. Is this a problem? It's not a problem. It's just I mean it's kind of cool, but it's kind of funny too because he's a rookie and he has basically no idea what the NFL is about. You know, he's never even taken a snap. He doesn't know what goes into being a champion in the NFL. He hasn't really even had a real practice yet or anything, you know. And it's just kind of funny to hear a rookie talking about championships when he doesn't really know how to, what to even do. Well, every year there's this, this comes up. Somebody calls their shot. Somebody, uh, whether it's Rex Ryan or whether it's this rookie, Derek Wolf. <laughs> They, there's always this conversation about, oh, that's that's outrageous. That is just outrageous that you could be talking about that. And and I'm not saying he said that they're going to win the Super Bowl. We're not saying that, but we are saying that he's at least, you know, I mean, that's what every team, every team's zero and zero right now. So every team's got that as their ultimate goal, right? You yes. shouldn't even be playing if you're not even trying to win. Right? Sure. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've seen a million interviews where they're like the media's sitting there trying to say, Get them to say they're going to win the Super Bowl. Right. And then they say, well, any time you play this game, your ultimate goal has got to be the Super Bowl. I mean, we got to get out there and try and win, you know, the Super Bowl. We want but we're going to take I'm it here one to game play a championship. I didn't come here to come in second place, you know. Yeah. And so now we have this environment of social media where guys have Twitter accounts and they have this opportunity to connect directly with the fans. And is that what's happening here? Has, has Twitter replaced the – need for sound bites yeah twitter's definitely i mean you see it on every broadcast even on pregame shows now like like we're talking nba and even during nba pregame they'll have just a, a a graphic come up of some joe schmoe's tweet about the upcoming game while charles barkley's trying to tell you what's going to happen so you're like am i supposed to be listening to barkley or reading what this guy wrote on twitter i can't really do both what am i supposed to do right it's almost too much information and, but but yeah twitter's definitely ingrained into everything Right. And it's funny. I mean, it's interesting. Now what guys say on Twitter can be dissected to the point of just ridiculousness, right? Like they're like, well, Derek Wolf is over here calling a shot saying the Broncos are a championship team. And now, you know, they could ask John Fox, well, what do you think about this? You've got this rookie guy who hasn't even played a game here, and he's saying you guys are going to win a championship, and now he's got a backtrack or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it, it's refreshing in a way because now we don't have to worry about waiting for these guys to say something stupid in an interview. They could just say stupid stuff all day long. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, I like it. I think it's cool. Why shouldn't they be? Uh, forthcoming with their desire to win a championship, especially with the fact that he has Peyton Manning as as his quarterback. The Broncos have upgraded the defense a little bit, you know, and he's excited. He knows that you know with Peyton Manning that he has a shot to at least maybe get to there. And he's also got another good hashtag out there uh, that's Team Mule, as in donkey. Team Mule, which I believe is just showing that he's perhaps a, a workhorse, you know, or he's just gonna you know he's in the trenches mixing it up. So he's, he likes to tweet about uh, his eating habits and working out, which is always fun. That sounds like half the people I'm friends with on Facebook. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, three so, miles today. Felt pretty good. Three miles. Feeling better. Now I'm going to devour <laughs> some chicken hashtag, and broccoli. Hashtag killing it. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag on the grind. Just <laughs> ate some chicken and broccoli. Thinking about putting some cheddar on there, but I don't want it to cut into my 
to my too fat intake. <laughs> it's trans fats in there. So Derek Wolf's cool, right? Yeah, Derek Wolf sounds like a cool dude. It's going to be fun to see the rook out there uh, mixing it up, see how much PT he gets this season playing oh, time. Tons. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. You put this topic on our list, fantasy football. Is that happening now? Are people already talking about fantasy football drafts? Is that what's going on? The funny thing that got into my head with that is I was uh, just looking on Twitter. You know, a funny, weird, odd, bizarre thing. I was at Kohl's the other day after buying some clothes, checking out. And at the checkout stand, they have little logos for Facebook and Twitter on there. And I've seen it at restaurants, on menus too. It's like... Find yeah. us on Facebook. Even E470 has an electronic sign that's like, find us on Facebook. I'm like, why in the F am I going to find E470 on Facebook? Yeah, it's a weird thing. Uh, when uh, I I've mentioned before, I used to work for a startup company, and it was a social networking site. Yeah. And I one part of my job was calling companies, Fortune 500 companies, and talking to them about social networking. And at that time, in just 2008 or 2009, I think maybe 2008, I would talk to these people, and they would say, we're not sure if we're going to adopt social networking because we're <laughs> not sure. And then within a year or two, everybody is, like, trying to catch up and say, we're going to get it because that's going to be the future of our company. And so then everybody has this Facebook logo or a Facebook well, page, see, and it literally now does nothing. It's just watered down. Nobody cares. Yeah, and this is your other point to being tied into those stupid bumper stickers if – if I go to your Facebook page and you like like Allstate Insurance, then you're probably a douchebag, <laughs> right? Like you gotta go through people's likes and be like, why did you like E470? Why do you like? Uh, like that's where you're gonna find people that are complete idiots. Like yeah. I gotta get away from that. Stuff. Yeah, I talk. I've talked about this before with you off the mic. When I was working for that company, uh, we were starting our social media campaign, and I literally just put a post up. Hey, everybody, like this page because. Uh, you know, we just need to get to 100 or 200 to get our custom URL. 90% of every friend of mine on Facebook liked it. Ugh. You know, and that was a company that uh, I really, I just worked for. And then now that company's basically gone and all those people still like it. I put up a thing to say, hey, everybody like my podcast. This is something I'm involved in every week and it's mine. It's not even like we work for anybody and people are like, meh. Nah. I don't think so. They go back. Like, people are just disenfranchised <laughs> with the whole concept yeah, of Facebook just, now. And, and it's, it's no wonder, it's no wonder that it. IPO tanked. It's because it's watered down yeah. and it was over-evaluated. And they're, you know, but anyway, that's a different conversation. I have crazy friends asking me to like the real estate page on Facebook. It's like, <laughs> come on. A podcast is one thing. A real estate page yeah, is something. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Ooh. so anyway, I was checking Twitter and uh, I see the news that I, I don't know how I, if I forgot about it or what, but it was somebody retweeted something from the San Francisco 49ers or whatever saying that, Brandon Jacobs, blah, 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 with the 49ers, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot that Brandon Jacobs signed with the 49ers. Like, he left the Giants. So I had uh, tweeted to my buddy, who's a huge Giants fan, Michael LaFerrera, and I was like, hey, are you going to be drafting uh, Brandon Jacobs, the beast, again this year, even though he's a 49er? And um, so it just got me thinking about fantasy football a little bit because he's in my league that I've played in since college. Mm -hmm. So it's like, man, is this? I got to start picking it up at some point. Getting the roster, you, you got to get that positions. edge. You got to get that edge. It never helps me because I'm probably the worst fantasy football player in Colorado. Well, that makes us good company. I think I know too much about football, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like about fantasy football is the draft. That is fun. That's the it's fun best. to draft. Yeah. And, it's, and to think about the potential of your team. What I hate after that is 
the games? The bickering <laughs> and constant hair splitting. And it's it's like people are arguing about the rules two months into the season. Well, yeah. I don't understand why I returned. Like, why would you get one point for 20 yards on a return, but you only get one point? You would you get one point for 10 yards on an interception return? Like, shouldn't that be the same thing? And it's like, bro, the rules were in place. Yeah, for you two should months, argue that in the offseason. I'm sorry you lost and you would have won for that. And and then the people be. It's where you realize when you grow up and you have your friends. And you, you think your group is the coolest group of friends ever. And then as you get older, you, you know, some of them start to you know, lose their hair or whatever. And, and they start to become all those guys that you looked at that were older that you thought were just weirdo douchebags. <laughs> and it's like, wow, that's fucking that's crazy. It's a circle of life, my friend. Simba <laughs> then, talked about but, it in The Lion King. <laughs> well, fantasy football puts a magnifying glass on that. And it's like. My friends, some of my friends need to get more things involved in their life. They need more hobbies than this yeah. because they're they're hyperventilating over these arguments. And uh, the point is, you should just win or lose and, and whatever. I have three favorite things about fantasy football. One, as you mentioned, is the draft. Draft is great. Number two would be uh, my one big trade I make every year with typically the same guy because nobody else in our league really does any cool trades. And then my third thing is I like to post uh, power rankings each week where I just make up funny personal stories about all my buddies. Ah, oh, they're very good. Yeah. Oh, so nothing really to you're do. Get, you're like so. the nucleus, right? You're holding that whole group together with your humor. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. And we have another guy that likes to uh, – there's just some good repetitive posts that we have every year. Meanwhile, your humor is tearing this podcast apart. Yeah. You know, if they ever, <laughs> if they ever published like the um, comment boards on those fantasy football pages – Pretty sure a large group of my friends would be in jail. That's true, yeah. <laughs> or at least on some FBI watch list. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but that is the best thing ever. And you know what else is good, Ross? What's that? Food at sports games. Should we get into that top five? I think we could definitely do that. We'll take a break. Come back with our top five stadium foods. Welcome back to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. For the second week in a row, we have a top five list for you. This is like a, a new role here with the top five list. This new role. This is our top five stadium foods. Ross, I think that you led off last week. I did. Which was a huge error on my part because you had a fantastic number one with Faith, or Faith Off best movie of all time if it was ever made so this week yeah if you have if you have if you guys didn't listen last week it was just a short episode go back listen to it it was phenomenal <laughs> phenomenal top five athletes that we've i lulled actors. i lulled yeah i i really i listened to it again nice i listened to it when we were done and i lulled out loud <laughs> i lulled of out, course i lulled out loud at myself just laughing out you, loud and you yes by the way we should just mention last week we had the Colorado Sports Girlfriend and the Colorado Sports Wife in studio listening. Headphoned up. That uh, We didn't give them microphones, of course. <laughs> but I'll just say this thing. That's not happening again. They're it's not. distracting to have kind of it an It was kind of distracting as they <laughs> look at me with judgment. <laughs> Always judging. Yeah, just, Always judging. Yeah, look at the baby. Look at the baby. Yeah. 
So that's not happening again. All right, man. Let's get rolling on this one. Our top five stadium foods. Number five for me, of course, Nate Timmons. Hey, why don't you start it off? Number yeah, because you started off last week, man. I want to see what you got for number one on this one. All right. My number five, Dippin' Dots Ice Cream, created by Kurt Jones in 1987. It's made by flash freezing ice cream and liquid nitrogen. It must be stored at temperatures of negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And for that reason alone, it is not sold in grocery stores because, Ross, that's just too cold. Did you say 1987? 1987. Are you sure you didn't mean 2087? Dippin' Dots, 1987. Oh. You think it was earlier? I thought it was 2087, as in... Ice cream of the future. Oh, the slogan of Dippin' Dots ice cream. The greatest stuff on earth. You can find this stuff in uh, very select places. Stadiums, of course. Malls, vending machines. Space shuttles. Space shuttles. Mars. At some movie theaters. I don't know if you've ever seen it in a movie theater. It's quite delicious there. Um, I rarely get to uh, cash in on this delicious treat because I rarely have cash on me. So I'm usually SOL at games. Yeah, like uh, one of those cash-only kiosks. Yeah, it's at the kiosk. Cash-only kiosks. The last time I went and tried to buy it, it was cash-only. And so now every time I pass it, I just shake my head in disappointedness because I think that's another made-up word I just made. <laughs> I never have cash, and I, I don't know if they take credit cards now, but I haven't asked. I just walk by and kind of hang my head low knowing that I'm not going to get the ice cream of the future. That's weird that the ice cream of the future only accepts, like, Buffalo nickels. It, it is because the stuff is delicious. And Ross, something you might like to know about Dippin' Dots. They they sponsor the Celebrity Grand Slam Paddle Jam. That's a ping pong tournament in Hollywood, California. They probably have uh, such famous stars there as Pauly Shore, Ryan Seacrest, and probably James Franco. Because wow. those guys will do pretty much anything. They love, they love the table tennis. I'm not saying those guys are definitely there, but I'm guessing they probably are. Oh, I see. Because, I mean, Dippin' Dots with the ping pong tournament, who are they going to get? <laughs> probably those three guys. I they will do anything. Yeah. But Dippin' Dots, always a good treat at the game when it's nice and nice and warm out. The ice cream of the future today. It really is. This is good. I do like that stuff. I, I like it. it. I like it because when you first get it and you kind of – Take the little micro spoon and, and put it in there, and it kind of sticks to your cheeks. Yeah. Every once in a while, you can get one like kind of stuck to the outside of your lip because it's so cold. And yeah. It's kind of like sticking your tongue on an ice cube. <laughs> and then you get towards the end, and it's melted a little bit. Yeah. It's real good. That is good stuff. <laughs> that is my number five, Dippin' Dots. Top five stadium foods. Ross Martin, what you got? I like the Dippin' Dots, so congratulations on that. Did Thank not you. make my top five. Oh. My, my uh, number five here is um, – I didn't know what this was. I'd never heard of it huh. until I went to a game. must have been four or five years ago with a friend of mine. And I had never been to a baseball game with her before. And she was talking about how she loved this. Uh, she couldn't wait to get a Tornado at the game. A what? And I'm like, what Tornado? She's like, oh, it's good. You haven't had a Tornado? I'm like, no. She's like, yeah, we're getting one. We're going to get one. As soon as we get in, before we get to our seats, we're going to get a tornado. And we're walking we're up. we're it, sounds good. And we're walking up there, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I'm like, what could that be? And so then she's like, okay, here's the line to get it. And I look up, and I'm like, you stupid. It's a tornado. It's called a tornado. I understand that it's D-O-U-G-H, but it's tornado. And she looks at me like, 
tornado. Oh. <laughs> um, so it's basically a churro. Oh. It's basically a churro, and that's what it is, and they call it a tornado. How did this make your best? This would make my most disappointing. <laughs> well, just, I, I picked it so I could tell that story. Okay. Tornado. Because <laughs> people are dumb. Was it good? Uh, I mean, it's a churro. I mean, you've Churros got a churro, right? right? It's yeah. sugar, uh, cinnamon and sugar wrapped around buttered dough. I mean, it's great. It's delicious. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, they, uh, I wish I had one right they now. They come in different forms. Taco Bell has the uh, cinnamon twist, which is basically a, like a pork rind tornado <laughs> yes <laughs> those are good i used to go to taco bell specifically for those by 87 cents i think yeah i mean they're good they're fine they're great but that's uh, my number five the tornado the tornado tornado made of dough combined with the word tornado that's it number they, five they have a i don't know if it's called uh tornado at nuggets games but they do have a yellow kiosk that has churros i'm gonna have to get one next time i'm at a nuggies game yeah 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 that's a, it's the same thing yeah yeah I'm sold. Do it. All right, man. Our top five stadium foods. Number four for me, the stadium pizza. Typically, you get these at a Nuggets game. Uh, sometimes, you know, usually you either get cheese or pepperoni. They're typically sort of cold, sort of spongy, always greasy, and always delicious. And always made of fake cheese. And you usually need a bathroom trip within about 45 minutes of consuming. <laughs> but they are always pretty good. You usually get those with the uh, the family night deals or the guys nights out. You either get the hot dog or the pizza. I always go pizza. It's always delicious. You always have to go wash your hands afterwards because they're soaked in grease. Is this the freschetta? Is that what they do at the Pepsi Center? Don't they give you the freschetta? Oh, I don't know. I think it's just it's like the, the green pizza. box. It's the green box. Is it? Or DiGiorno. It's all, I don't know. I've always known it as Pizza Hut, and it's always kind of like the size of a Frisbee. That was at McNichols, dude. We're talking Pepsi Center here, man. Oh, I don't know what kind they got. It's Maybe it's sure. like Pretty sure it's Air sure. Mac. If you're listening out there and you know, send us a tweet. Text us or something. Send us a tweet. Text us, 720-722-1274. What's the number again? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, correct us. Or correct Nate, because I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah. Is it Freshetta? I don't know. Whatever it is. Gotta get spongy. it. Spongy. Always good. Spongy. You know it's good when it's spongy. It's always good. That is my number four, the stadium pizza. Ross Martin, what you got? I have spent uh, probably about in the past 10 years, I've watched about 10 games in the club level of Mile High Stadium. And I'm always pretty disappointed in that experience because when you go and buy a beer there, it's a little more expensive, and it's a little smaller for some reason. I don't know why. That's the way they do it. You Evidently, if you order a beer when you're standing on carpet, then that <laughs> make that costs $2 more or something. I don't know. And I've always hated it. But there's one item at Mile High that can only be found, as far as I've noticed, in the club level, and that are these nachos. Oh. The club level nachos at Invesco or Sports Authority Field or, Dick's, or... the Sport Dick's Authority <laughs> Stadium at Mile High Field, whatever yes. it's called. Those nachos are fantastic. They know how to do it there. Most of the time when you go get nachos, they say like, you know, you you know, you get your cheese cup and then they just kind of drizzle this disgusting Velveeta and then they throw some like 
jalapenos in the side and then just kind of try and, <laughs> and the chips are so brittle you can't even it can't even the chips can't even sustain the weight of the disgusting cheese on top of it. they just crumble so you end up just scooping that cheese is made of nuclear waste you just end up scooping this <laughs> chip jalapeno goop into your mouth with your fingers and then it you know it's cold because it's december and then you, you have frozen cheese <laughs> you, you know like on your fingers it's disgusting but in club level <laughs> These nachos are fantastic. You get like pork or, or you know, carnitas. Ah, carnitas. <laughs> carnitas. Yes. Uh, you get some ground beef and, and they just pile it up, salsa, and, they get, and it's a big, substantial, you know, like bowl, like plastic bowl, and it's good and they're delicious. And uh, so I do enjoy that food item at mile high and club level. But that's it. That's the only thing good about club level. Delicious. Other than that, the tickets are four times as much for. Uh, basically worse seats than you get down below, <laughs> and you sit with a bunch of idiots that don't want you to stand up. Overpriced beers that are Can not you sit down? Can you please sit down? No, I'm watching the football My mother game. can't see. Well, tell can't your mother to see. go away. She should be put in a home anyway. I'm like, they have handicap sections for a reason, lady. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> Ross Martin's number four, the nachos at the club level section of Invesco Sports Authority Mile High Stadium at Dick's Sporting Good Parks. Yeah, that's right. All right, rolling, rolling along, quite yeah, along. Roll, roll, along. Yeah. Your number four? Yeah, so I'm going to go with my number three, Ross, our top oh, five stadium foods. Funny you mentioned nachos because my number three, nachos with jalapenos. <laughs> the disgusting uh, finger-staining foods that you just talked about, that is my number three. Because really the only time that I can still even eat jalapenos because of my stupid acid reflux is at – these games where I can get these nachos, it's the only time I'll make the exception to go ahead and welcome the heartburn because these are just too damn good. You got the heartburn? You got the prevacid? Started getting it you about and, 24 years old, man. You and Johnny Elway. <sighs> Me and Elway. We've, we've gone to battle, man, you know, over the years. <laughs> this is the uh, war wounds that you we've had to endure. The, yeah. So, you know, me with these nachos and jalapenos, the nacho actually originated in Mexico, perhaps created around 1943. <laughs> By Ignacio Nacho Anaya. He created these with uh, fried corn tortillas, melted cheddar, and pickled jalapenos. <laughs> and that's still the best way to get them at games. You know, who knows what's in that cheese? Like I just mentioned, it's probably nuclear waste. I don't know where they get these jalapenos, but it's always good. Sometimes it's, you know, you got to eat it right away because it does go cold. But you get, you know, the jalapenos all over. You put the cheese... You know, you put the jalapeno on the chip, you dip the chip into the cheese, and then stuff it into your fat face, and you just go to town on them until they're gone. Fantastic. The guy's middle name was Nacho. <laughs> his middle name was, was Nacho. It was his destiny. Ignacio Nacho Anaya. In Greek mythology, they would call that a nomen omen. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't think that Nacho was around until he invented it. So There's no other thing he could have invented other than that. No. They're so good, and I wish I had some right now. The other thing I wish that they had at stadiums that I could enjoy with those because of the jalapenos is a nice, cool glass of leche. Leche. Yes. Ah, leche. Leche and nachos, perfect. Leche and nachos. Fantabuloso. That is my number three, nachos. Nachos with jalapenos. Top five stadium foods. Ross Martin, number three, what you got? Bienvenidos al podcast de Colorado Deportes. (laughs) Numero trece, Ross Martin. <laughs> Going to a game is expensive. 
It is indeed. Uh, sometimes they charge you a lot for the ticket and then get you with the beer. Sometimes they, you can get a free ticket or maybe you go to a Rockies game and it's $6. But they're always going to get you. But sometimes these teams, they let their guard down. And there's a way to get them back. All right. There's a way to get them back. Everybody wants to know. Which is why my – is it my number three? Yes, sir. Good. My number three favorite food is just a handful of relish, onions, and mustard. Because <laughs> they leave that unguarded. <laughs> and it's not even like you're stealing. No. It's just there, and you can just pile into that hand. I'm saying three scoops of onions, four scoops of relish, and two squirts of the mustard in your palm. And you can shove that in your face, and uh, it's delicious. <laughs> okay. How many adult beverages do you have to consume before this actually I don't want to get place? to my number two or number one yet. Okay. <laughs> Let's wait. You're trying to steal my thunder so my two just, and one? So you're just stuffing directly into face condiments. Oh, you call them condiments. I call them the real reason why we all like those crappy bratwursts. It's just so we can figure out a way to get as the much relish, free crap. the mustard, <laughs> the onions, and the sauerkraut. Did I mention sauerkraut? I didn't even mention that. All of that. It's the only reason why we buy an $8 hot dog is just so we can get that other stuff yeah, in there. Because I'm putting a dollars fifties worth of relish on that yes, bad boy. Yes. <laughs> and that equates and to about so 65 saying, teaspoons. Skip that. Skip the hot dog. Just go straight there. And just, mm, delicious. Yeah. You don't really taste the hot dog or the bun anyway after you pile enough of that on Thank there. God. Great point. Yep. I like that. All right, man. You're number three. The uh, What do you call that? What do you mean? The hand... A palm relish. full of onions, relish, <laughs> kraut, and mustard. That's, That's what it is. How many times do I have to say this? Palm full. Everybody knows. Everybody does this. <laughs> yes, sir. Are you, I'm the only one hearing this for the first time. Ross Martin's number three is the palm full of the relish, onions, kraut, kraut, and mustard. Kraut and mustard. Maybe we'll catch a And you can customize, customize it. It's fully customizable. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, you can. Yeah. As much as as little as each kind. Mm-hmm. All right. Top five stadium foods. My number two. Not sure if it's a food, but it sure can be. Good old American beer. The world's most popular drink after water and tea. TV shows like How I Met Your Mother are based on it. Sports arenas sales thrive on it. And it tastes great on a hot or cold day. Doesn't matter how much it costs, it's always delicious. I'm with you, buddy. And there's only the funny thing at Coors Field... I believe this is still true. If you're on the main concourse, the only place to get Coors Light, way out in left field, one tiny kiosk that sells Coors Light. Do you differ- differentiate between Coors Light and like Bud Light or Miller Light? Not really, but some people, like you said, are brand specific. And we are in Coors Field, so I feel a little funny about drinking Anheuser-Busch products in Coors Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, typically I don't care. I'll just go buy whatever beer. You're right, it's though. Probably most of the, most of the, the fixed in like uh, concessions have Bud and Bud Light. Yes, and that's pretty much it. You have to go to the freestanding kiosks to get the 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 golden the golden beer. The, and the only the one Coors. I know about at Coors is way out there, like you said, in left field. Left field behind like left the bleachers. Center. Yeah. 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 You're right. That is weird. And then I, you know, sometimes the guys carrying around the. Like the vendors that walk up and down the aisles. Cold Coors Light. Yeah, what about the guy who sings opera? <laughs> Is he still there? Yeah, I mean. There's a guy that's just bellowing at the game I went to last week. That guy uh, that sings the opera, the opera man guy, you can always hear him when you're watching it on the game. 
between pitches. Yeah. You know, the guy just bellowing out. Uh, He also works at Mile High. There's a lot of guys that mix it up and work at Pepsi, Mile High, and uh, and Coors. They can't just work three months of the year. Check this out. What are they, professional athletes? (laughs) Come on. Teachers? Come on. So my buddies, I would just slam teachers there. Sorry, teachers. They taught me everything I know. Uh, my friend was telling me today that he was actually – so there's a, a vendor at Coors Field. He was at the same game I was, and this vendor at Coors Field has – he created an app. I don't know if other vendors there have it or not, but he has an app where you can download it on your phone. You can make your order on your phone, and he will bring it to you. Interesting. Yes. And he, had, he said he had some kid created it for him, whatever customize it for him and now he has that app at Coors Field not sure who he is what section he's in whatever but pretty cool idea actually I'm going to disagree with you that sounds like a stupid idea why well what if the guy's on the other side of the stadium well I don't know if you have to be in a certain section the, or what or if he'll you just go, go in, whatever and then you're like yeah I need eight beers and whatever and then he's going to come over to your section meanwhile another guy comes up yeah, is it necessary? It's completely unnecessary. Sometimes they're not around when you need them, though. Well, that's true, but the app's not going to change that. They're not going up to the poor section in the top, right? No, no. Not going up no, there. they drink what's they're on the floor. Yeah, they don't want to get into fights no. with guys. You know? Yeah, they will drink whatever spills out of the troughs that they're <laughs> Yeah. I know there's this uh, tendency to be like, oh, there's an app for that. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. There's an app for that. I got an app now that makes me so I can, like, you know, it counts the stairs I'm about to climb down to get a beer, and it just tells me how many steps so I can just close my eyes and watch. Isn't that a great app? <laughs> no. No, no it it's is stupid. Yeah. But anyway, good good story. So anyway, beer, though, fabulous, delicious. It's good to have one, three, 12, however many you want to have at the game. Always a good idea, hot or cold. That Not the beer hot or cold, the weather hot or cold. Yes. Um, I'm going to go ahead, and uh, my number two is very similar. In fact, it's the same thing. It's nice. beer. But the best beer is not the beer you buy in the stadium. The best beer is the beer you sneak in. Oh. That is the best. The absolute best. Tastes like Stadium victory. food, yes. And there's something that happened circa, uh, I want to say 2001, maybe like September 12th. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, right around there. Where they started having, um, you know, this fear of terror. And now when you go to a stadium, they have to pat you down or wave the wand. And they do this under the guise of preventing terrorism or preventing violence inside the stadium. Yeah. And I think that is a bunch of smoke and mirrors. I think they took this opportunity to exploit a national tragedy by... Implementing these new Orwellian rules of you getting patted down in order to enter a stadium that, by the way, we paid for. Yeah. And we get patted down. They did this strictly so they could prevent people sneaking in beer. <laughs> that is the only reason why they do it. And uh, if, the, if it wasn't the only reason, then you should say, okay, this person is coming in. We're going to pat him down. Let's say we find an 18-pack of beer and no bombs then just go in. Like they, they should just be searching for bombs and guns and uh, laser beams. and. Can and one man stuff. sneak an 18-pack of beer in? Well, you can if you did like I did back in the day, before, pre-9-11, <laughs> before, <laughs> before the terrorist one. Yes. Basically, you wear uh, 
Carhartt overalls with <laughs> under long underwear. So you're not and, going again to pick up chicks, is what you're saying? <laughs> oh yeah, you are you kidding me? Yeah, trust me. You give them four or five of those it. beers, and they're in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, give them four or five uh, Keystone lights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just shove them down the pants, right? And those these the girls or the beers. <laughs> well, first comes one, then the other. Okay. okay. All right. So uh, yeah, the best stadium food is beer you've snuck in, and you can still do it. Because no matter how thorough they are, and by the way, I hope terrorists aren't listening because if terrorists were, they would know the best place to put a bomb is on either a butt cheek of a man or in the crotchal region because those guys will pat down everything, but they're not going to go anywhere near those areas. You just, you know, you just kind of sneak a couple beers in your back pockets, one in each, and then maybe a can down in the front pouch. And uh, you're in with three free beers for sure. Did you ever like to sneak in the? Uh, did you ever sneak in the pocket shots? How about those handy dandy little inventions? Great idea, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Shooters, you can still probably get those in. Yep. But pocket shots, those were amazing. Yep. We did the uh, <laughs> did a game where we actually froze them. You know, put them didn't freeze them, but put them in the freezer so they'd be cold when we got in there. And then we put them in our back pockets and whatnot. (laughs) Absolutely freezing, but a little frozen heading in uh, inside. Yeah, a little, little bit, little slushy. A little slushy in there, but a little cold. I hear you. So, all right, man. Both had beer for number two. Now getting to our number one stadium foods, and mine is going to be the classic, the all-time classic, the hot dog. Often served in a sliced bun and garnished with ketchup, mustard, onions, relish, and or sauerkraut. Ooh, exotic. The best part, like Ross Martin said, is the garnished carts. They're always questionable, but always good. Did you know, Ross, that claims about the hot dog's invention are difficult to assess? It's been around since perhaps the 13th century. And then as recently as 1870, excuse me, 1870 on Coney Island... A German immigrant, Charles Feltman, began selling sausages in rolls. And in 1893, the hot dog made his first appearance at baseball games from Chris von der Ahe, another German immigrant who owned the St. Louis Browns. You know? And, and the best part about hot dogs, you don't even have to cook them because they come pre-cooked. That's true. You can just open them up start eating them right away. Yeah, eat them cold. But my favorite thing to get always, like I said, at Coors Field is the footlong hot dog. You know, I, I don't really get them at basketball or football games, but Coors Field, it's got to be a Rocky dog. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, man, you go over that garnish cart and you just pile on as much as possible. And yeah. it is amazing. It is good. I, I just go up to, and, uh, you know, I don't want to use my palm. I just ask for a tray. I'm just like, can I just get a tray? <laughs> And just fill that up with the. No, you can't get the tray. You got to get the hot dog. That's why it made my number one. Ross, what do you got for the number Rocky one? Dog? R O C K I E, dog. Rocky, Rocky dog. dog. Rocky dog. How stupid does that look? Rocky, do- whatever. It's delicious. But moving on to your number one, what you got, Ross? Well, you stole a little bit of my thunder. Oklahoma City style thunder. Op- Oklahoma loud noise. You stole a little bit of my loud noises when you were talking about uh, the pocket shots. Oh, because it's not that I have ever bought pocket shots. I just said that to agree with you because okay. I would never do that. Right. Because they charge you more for the same amount of booze that you can just get by buying a bottle of booze <laughs> and putting it into Ziploc Zip bags. <laughs> okay. So my number one, my number one stadium food is a big, tall, bubbly cup 
of fountain Coca-Cola that I can mix for eight fifty with the baggies of Jack Daniels <laughs> that are in the pockets of my fleece that are in the backpack that they searched and poked around in but felt nothing substantial, just kind of a mushiness. Ooh. And what they missed out was that I not only got a few Ziploc baggies full of Jack in that backpack, You're but right. I have hidden a multi-tool with scissors on my key ring so that when I pull that baggie out, I just hold it over my cup of fresh, bubbly, carbonated Coca-Cola, and I just cut the corner off with my multi-tool and let that delicious booze pour into that cup. Sink down into that And nice uh, cool. you do that roughly top of the eighth inning after they've cut off the booze sales. <laughs> <laughs> so mercilessly and uh that's how you get through that eighth and ninth inning and that's my number one stadium like food and that is that big coke which is the only thing you can buy in the fourth quarter or the eighth inning or the what do they do in basketball they cut it off in the after the third quarter too Sometime in the fourth quarter, I think. Maybe the third. I don't know. I've never really paid attention. Yeah, you, I think it's like it's crazy. as soon as the whistle blows to start the fourth quarter, the booze is done. And by the way, that's the most asinine rule The whole ever. fourth quarter, that's crazy. That is asinine. What a stupid rule. Yeah, if you drank like 15 drinks in between the first and third, there's no way that you're going to be able to I drive guarantee- sober by just having 12 <laughs> minutes off. Yeah, Come I guarantee on. you there's been more uh, like uh, beer vendors assaulted after that rule came into place. It's like, what are you up? Give me a beer Bullshit, man. Well, the other thing is... thought this was America! (laughs) Motherfucker! Jeez. The other bad part about that is, you know, it it causes a rush for people to slam drinks throughout the third quarter or the sixth inning, whatever. Yeah. So you got people just, you know, double-fisting and really trying to get after it. So, I mean, that's always, you know, a concern that people should have. I agree. But uh, delicious. The, uh, The pop... That awaits the booze that you snuck in at number one for Ross. I went with the hot dog. Great list as always. Those are the top five stadium foods. <laughs> it's over already? Yeah, man. I'd like to, go, up, uh, to go grab some of these foods right now. Oof. Yeah. No, no Roscoe burgers today. No Roscoe burgers. No Roscoe burgers. But uh, episode number 44. In the books. Uh, Rockies, we had a little turnaround here. Last week we... Uh, Barely even mentioned their name just to say the Rockies sucked. Yet now they have won, I don't know, five out of the last seven before that. They had won seven out of eight or something. They're still in fourth place in the West. They're currently 24-31, and 31, ten and a half behind the Dodgers, but uh, maybe a little bit closer in the wild card race. Yeah, so uh, are we going to dedicate to them or to the uh... – Well, you know who I'm not going to dedicate it to is to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who just beat the Spurs 107-99 to and will advance to their first ever NBA Finals. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting against them. Oh, God, I can't even I – can't, I can't root for it. Because, remember, the city of Seattle sued Oklahoma City for the historic rights of the Sonics. So the Thunder, this is their first appearance in the NBA Finals. The Seattle Loud Noises. Yes. I've now become the Oklahoma City loud noises. Indeed. Sounds more like a soccer team. The Thunder. Yeah, the Thunder. It Oklahoma does. Oklahoma City Thunder. But that's for a, another show, Ross. In episode 44, who do we give this to? 49-year-old Jamie Moyer, who is now a Baltimore Oriole? No, we're not going to know. Okay. How about Jeff Francis returning yeah! to the Colorado Rockies? Jeff Francis. <laughs> Can he be the catalyst 
for a Rocktober month. Oh, we're going to dedicate this uh, episode number 44 to the Rockies management being completely out of ideas. <laughs> and just recycling old shit. It didn't work the first time. We'll see you guys next week.